1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Celtic host Hibs tonight without Neil Lennon, John Kennedy and 13 players after Christopher Julian tested positive for coronavirus The Scottish Cup and all league football below the Championship has been suspended for three weeks following a rise in cases And on the pitch Rangers are 22 points clear after beating 10-man Aberdeen I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Alex Ray in the studio And from home, it's Hugh Keevans well, it's a day when it's been hard to separate pandemic from pandemonium. But what's happened to Celtic over their trip to Dubai, Gordon, has been consistent with a season of calamitous decision-making on and off the park. They've lost their eye for a player, they've lost their nose for trouble, and now they've lost their ear for assessing public opinion. And Celtic have to take their chances against Hibs tonight with a severely depleted team and no manager. If they come up short, any pretense over 10 in a row will be over and done with once and for all. And any thought of the title would go from wishful thinking to the land of make-believe. Just another quiet weekend and day in Scottish football, Alex Ray. Yeah, without doubt. I enjoyed the football the weekend. Gordon, St Mirren and Motherwell have to settle for a point. Command continue their upturn in form a 2-0 win over the Ackies. Livingston's remarkable transformation under Martindale continues. Rangers' impressive form humble the Dons on their own backyard. And a depleted Celtic squad take on Hibs uh, after a return from Dubai. Plenty to discuss, discuss tonight. Right, I've rarely seen the phone lines busier at five past six. So let's get stuck right in. 01419511025. Keep those calls in. Get your thoughts in. And we'll do our best to get as many up and running as we can. We are on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Quickly, quicker than usual then. So that we can uh, let the phone lines <laughs> breathe. Hugh Keevans, we always do our Monday awards. What was your result of the weekend? Uh, I'm going for uh, Aberdeen 1, Rangers 2, 15 league wins in a row. You cannot fault Steven Gerrard and his team for consistency of that calibre. Alex Reid, yeah, result I, I, of the weekend? Yeah, I'm going for Livingston. Six uh, league wins in the bounce. Hasn't been achieved at the top flight, as I said earlier on. Martindale's uh, transformation is remarkable. Uh, right. Um, Alex Ray, your goal of the weekend? I'm going to go for uh, Robinson from Livingston. I think that's three weekends in the bounce. He's had a couple of goal contenders. Just to lob the goalkeeper. The boy's in fire at the moment, and I thought it was a, a, a brilliant goal. Mm, Hugh Keevan's goal of the weekend for you? I'm going for Alfredo Morelos, his first at Pataudry, a classy piece of work. Now, on Friday I said nasty piece of work, but upon reflection, I think I've jumped the gun on that one and uh, I offer Alfredo an apology and a retraction because it was a classy piece of work at Pataudry and uh, I wish him to remember that I have several other offences to be taken into consideration, chief among them. Why did Celtic sign Lubo Moravchuk? Let's not go back there. Um, Alex Ray, howler of the weekend. There's uh, always a few. Yes, there was a few. There was a few uh, players missed golden opportunities. But I, I said in the show on Saturday, I thought Bobby Madden, who I, I admire greatly, I think he's one of the better officials uh, in Scotland. I just thought he got a, a, the wrong decision against Motherwell at the weekend. Howler for you, Hugh Evans. Oh well, since Alec and I are separated, socially distant. I went for John Beaton as well. Sorry, John, but it was a red card all day long. 
Alright Alex went Bobby Madden You're going John Beaton Right okay okay 01419511025 On the phones At Clyde SSB On Twitter I can see them Bubbling away nicely uh, To the left It's very obvious What is the big story Of the day So let's try And get our head around What's actually Happened and, and what's set to happen Let's go to Celtic Park And speak to Our sports reporter Andrew McLean Who's there Covering what he thought might be a routine Premiership match this evening It's turned into anything But Andrew, give us a little bit of a a timeline to how we got to where we're at tonight Yeah, it's uh, certainly an interesting one, isn't it? Because we all know the talk last week about Celtic's trip to Dubai A lot of talk on the show But there has been significant developments over the past couple of days Celtic yesterday revealing that a player had tested positive for coronavirus Then after that, the government announced new quarantine rules for people returning from Dubai late last night Now Celtic were exempt from these due to being in the elite sports category But the burning question at that point was about contact tracing Would other players and staff be identified as close contacts? And we got that answer in a further statement today they confirmed that the player with coronavirus is Christopher Julian and as always we wish him a speedy recovery but they also confirmed that 13 players along with Neil Lennon and John Kennedy must self-isolate and will miss tonight's game as well as Saturday's clash with Livingston however they insisted that it is their intention to fulfil tonight's fixture regardless and that's what's brought me here to Celtic Park tonight. Yeah a truly incredible day Um, no matter what team you support I think you would agree on that much who has said what then? Um, because the reaction to this has been widespread. Maybe some of the, the, the main parties to consider. Who's who's said what? Yeah, well, of course, as you'd expect, a big reaction on social media. I think the telling thing is that it's not just opposition fans. Plenty of Celtic fans unhappy with what's unfolded in the past week and the past couple of days. First Minister Nicola Sturgeon waded in on today in her daily briefing. She talked about being frustrated at the start of, of having to address another football issue. But probably the most significant point she made was her doubts about whether Celtic's trip to Dubai was essential and doubts about whether they adhered to social bubble rules strictly enough. But ultimately, she said it's down to the football authorities as to what happens next there's been no real comment from the SPFL at all but SFA Chief Executive Ian Maxwell did speak to the media today he was asked a lot of questions about the Dubai situation but most answers really just led back to him saying that Celtic were allowed to be there by the elite sports guidelines Mm. Uh, Now you've been let into Celtic Park I assume this game is definitely on I know there were rumblings of concerns from Hibs and so on yeah, certainly there has been talk uh, out of uh, some media outlets tonight talking about Hibs saying that the Easter Road Club had expressed concerns over the safety of their players and you know some players had reservations about coming to Celtic Park and playing tonight but the game will go ahead after discussions with the SPFL and while Celtic unsurprisingly are determined to fulfil this fixture because they've seen what happened with Kilmarnock, they've seen what happened with St Mirren being forced to forfeit the matches when too many players self-isolating and couldn't play that's obviously gone to a, a tribunal hearing now but Celtic have a big squad and it makes complete sense for them to play this fixture regardless of what bodies they have out A lot to get through between now and 8 o'clock that is the understatement of the century 01419511025 thanks to Andrew he will bring you that Celtic team as soon as he gets it so stay right there I'm sure you'll agree it's going to be a very interesting team selection so we'll bring you that as soon as we can 01419511025 forget what everyone else thinks I want to know what you think on the phone so let's dive straight in with Frank who is a Celtic fan Frank what sort of words would you use to describe your feelings as a Celtic fan tonight? Um, Evening first of all Gordon Hugh Alec Hope you're all safe and well Um, First and foremost as well I should say I hope Julian Like anybody else Who's been affected by Covid um, Gets through it well Um, That's the first thing I want to say 
Um, words about how I'm feeling: anger, disappointment, um, bewilderment. Um, is probably three top words, and I think I've said that a few times on the, on the phone in this season. But I think that this goes beyond football. This this decision to fly to Dubai in the middle of a global pandemic, which everybody seems getting worse and worse, and winter was coming, to me was just sheer incompetence. And whoever sanctioned it and rubber stamped it, whoever done the risk assessment, um, needs serious looking. Uh, and I think any other business out there, if that sort of trip was sanctioned and it came back with the consequences it's faced Celtic today, um, I think people's jobs would be seriously on the line. Um, and I, I just can't believe Celtic flew out, first and foremost. I don't know a single Celtic fan that I know, well, a family, a friend, that thought it was a good idea. Celtic have got all these games in hand, everybody keeps banging on about. They could have played one last midweek. They could have played the game against Hibs at the weekend and probably got another one in this midweek if they'd have stayed at home um, and took safety first. Um, they flew a player across to Dubai in a seven-hour trip who was in a cast boot and in crutches for an elite sports training session. And that, I, I, I am just dumbfounded by that. And the thing about the statement that really, really annoys me, and this is the thing about Celtic this season, there's so many PR disasters that's untrue. For them to come out and say Julian could have got COVID in Scotland, of course he could. It's rife everywhere. But that doesn't justify what's happened and the consequences. If Julian had a caught in Scotland, there wouldn't be 13 players out of squad tonight and there wouldn't be three backroom staff because as we're seeing with every other team in UK, when you've got one player who catches COVID, it's a small bubble of players at max that are affected by it. So it's an absolute own goal of massive... Um, I just... Yeah, you can probably... Hear, I just, this is... I think you say this, that's a calamitous season for Celtic right from day one to today. But this to me is... Is bigger than football. I think this is an absolute shambles. I mean, Hugh Evans, where where would you like to begin? Because there's the the pandemic side of things, obviously, which is the most important. And I'm glad Frank mentioned that there, there is a a player here in Christopher Julian that deserves everyone's well wishes. We hope he's fine. We hope he's fit and okay, um, and makes a full recovery. You've then got the the football side of it. The fact that Celtic are so far behind. Um, you, you've got the, the potential knock-on effects for, for the game tonight and, and, and games coming up it, It's just an absolute mess all round, is it not? As I understand it, to begin with, Gordon uh, Celtic referred to the trip to Dubai as performance-related They were going to work in things that would enhance their performance uh, When they returned to Scotland and faced the, the matches that they have to face Well, if it's performance-related why was Christopher Julian there? Because he certainly couldn't take part in any of those performances. Uh, there's a chance that Christopher Julian might not play for the remainder of the season because he's got a very serious injury. So I do not begin to understand why Christopher Julian was there. And yes, I accept that Christopher Julian could have uh, contacted COVID-19 in Scotland as well as the Middle East. But in the Middle East... The figures were rising and rising rapidly. And I think that Celtic's main error of judgment was not to take that into account and how it would look in their own country if they flew to Dubai at this particular time. The whole exercise for me has been one of dubious judgment and decision making. And when Frank says, who did this? Who signed off these decisions? I don't know. But my thoughts would tell me that the chief executive, the clue is in the title, the chief executive might have been the one to say 
to the manager, listen, Neil, not a good idea now. I mean, Alex Ray, we spent the early part of last week debating the technicalities and the, the wording of of the protocols and you know, technically, are they allowed to go? Are they not? What we then, everyone said as, as the week wore on is if this was going to have some impact on COVID cases or availability of players when they came back, none of that was going to matter. Listen to Celtic fans like Frank. Whether technically they were allowed to go in the first place, it, there's a difference between what you are allowed to do and what is a good idea to do And it feels like those two have collided massively today It's not a surprise to me Gordon I said in the show before they flew out to uh, Dubai I said in the Saturday whilst at Hamilton I said whoever sanctioned this Has got questions to answer Now there some callers come on and said uh, Yeah but it's, uh, they're allowed to do it Because of the quarantine uh, air bridge Frank comes on and talks about leadership tonight Somebody has to be culpable for this Because it's turned out to be an absolute PR disaster It's turned out to be a disaster Hence the reason why you've got 15 members of staff Tonight out, out of uh, the situation Questions have to be answered for uh, Christopher Julian And we wish him well Because obviously it's, it's a serious issue And why is he out there first and foremost Then we get Ian Maxwell saying It's okay, we allowed it, we sanctioned it They have to be answering questions as well They can't bat this off as if it's ah, Let's just go on with it Because there's a bigger issue at play here You've got the First Minister asking questions of the SFA to investigate last week who actually rubber-stamped it. So the, the, the question for me, Gordon, is who's going to investigate? Are they going to investigate themselves? That doesn't quite stack up for me either. So there's so many questions need answered on this uh, decision to go to Dubai. Uh, thank you to Frank. We'll move on because so many people are trying to have their say. Let's bring in Declan in Port Glasgow. Same question to you, really, Declan. How are you feeling as a Celtic fan tonight? So I'm absolutely livid. Um, I actually phoned in to about Christopher Julian, and I like to wish him well first and foremost. But the point is about the Celtic statement. The Celtic statement is one paragraph about Christopher Julian and the rest about how well we've handled things. You look at our team on that pitch tonight, and you look at our dugout. That's how well we've that's how well we've handled things. It's an absolute farce. I mean, they can stick by and say, "Oh, we've played by the rules. We we went to we went out to Dubai. That's fine." But it was the behaviours in in, in Dubai. We have stuck nine banter years in a microwave here and we've saved up a better verse than six months. We are a shambles, top to bottom, and we need some. We need change. Well, well it's interesting what Declan says. I can't disagree with some of the situations that have uh, arose. Uh, one of the questions I would like to know, and I think there's so many questions that need answered. John Kennedy comes out and says there was a slip of protocols. Mm -hmm. I would like to know what they were as well. Because... It wasn't minor slip-ups Minor slip-ups Gordon So what, what are the minor slip-ups Is that the, the pictures that we've seen Is that what The first minister came out today And she kind of Laid down a, a marker I would have liked Her to be more forceful as well she, she was asking questions Rather than saying This is my stance on it You know In terms of uh, You know Was it a jolly out there You know Was it, was it a necessity For me You know They could quite easily Have trained here And get through that This is the The, the theme I'm noticing Hugh Keevans um, from, from Declan and from Frank before him and, and by the way I know they don't speak On behalf of all Celtic fans But I'm noticing a theme here That everything about it, it, it Is angering certain sections Of the fans It's not only the decision To go in the first place It's then the It's the the way it's been handled It's it's the way it's all been Communicated um, You know looking at that Celtic statement um, Which is clearly meant to Appease people It seems to be having the opposite effect that you know, mentioning that essentially we know well, this can happen anywhere, and they're right, of course it can, and that's why we do wish Christopher Julian all the best. But is it worth bearing in mind, Hugh, that it was only a few months ago that when talking about international football, Neil Lennon was saying 
When all the players stay at Celtic We've not had a single case Our protocols have been exemplary um, And it was So so. I wonder if, if They've been a little bit selective about When you reference the fact that it can happen anywhere Well when your back is to the wall As Celtic's back is to the wall uh, Then you have to come out fighting And uh, they are mounting their defence But it's an unconvincing defence There's been an exercise in naivety here uh, I understand that players have to sit down after a, a day's training uh, in Dubai. But the naivety comes when you sit down at a poolside uh, in the full and certain knowledge, surely, that someone is going to take a photograph because there's a 24-hour surveillance now that high-profile players have to be aware of because social media makes it that way. So they were naive to be sitting at a poolside allowing everyone back home including the First Minister of Scotland, to say, I'm not sure this is essential, this journey to Dubai. So there's been an exercise in naivety. They're now paying the price, but most of all, the exercise in naivety goes all the way to the head of the house because after a defeat from Rangers, and given the situation in Dubai, given that figures uh, where COVID-19 was concerned were rising and rising sharply, Someone should have said, listen, it was a good idea, it has been a good idea in years gone by, but right now, it's not a good idea. Let's call the whole thing off and get back to Lennox Town and get some training done there. I mean, Declan, this is obviously serious enough in itself, but it is part of the frustration and anger for you as a Celtic fan, the fact that this comes after a, you know, a really disappointing start to the season and perceived recruitment failures and European exits and falling so far behind Rangers and so on, is it when you lump all that together that's where we get your real frustration? Well here we are 22 points behind, we're at three cup competitions, a manager's down in a job and we decide to go to Dubai. You I mean, that is allowed right, but I could flatten the list but you know sometimes it's, just, it's not something you do. I mean, all, all we've got here is 13 players doing it and a manager sitting on a couch with sunburn. I, I mean, the lift analogy is quite something. Um, we probably don't yeah. need to dwell on that for too long. <laughs> I, I think you, you, Declan said all he had to say on that one. Uh, but, do you know what? But, yeah, but you can see the understanding, you can see the frustration with Celtic fans. You know, because of the restrictions over the course of the last couple of weeks, you know, at Christmas time and things, and then to go away, it just doesn't paint a great picture. Uh, Hugh, hold your thoughts because we've got some breaking news on this story. Hibs. Have issued a statement regarding tonight's fixture. I'll tell you what it says next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Alex Ray and Hugh Keevens are here. An extremely busy start to the show, so let's crack on. We're on the phones and on Twitter. Building up to kickoff at Celtic Park. Celtic against Hibs. Always a good fixture anyway. People always interested anyway in who's going to be in the starting eleven. But I've got a funny feeling that that interest might be cranked up a notch tonight We'll get the team news very soon We do now have a statement from Hibs Hibs say that they have today reiterated it would do everything possible To ensure it meets its duty of care to all players and staff ahead of tonight's fixture Here's the important stuff The club asked the SPFL and Celtic to carry out additional round of on-the-day testing of Celtic players To provide an extra measure of assurance we regarded this as a reasonable request given the incubation period of the virus. However, unfortunately, our request was refused. Uh, the request followed 16 members of staff and players at Celtic being told to self-isolate. You all know that stuff. The SPFL made it clear that not fulfilling the fixture would have severe consequences for Hibernian 
The club also notes we're being asked to fulfil this fixture less than two weeks from our Betfred Cup semi. We've been assured by the SPFL that any COVID-19 issues that may arise from this fixture will be taken into account and the semi-final postponed if required. Hugh Evans. Well, first of all, I'd say that uh, 40 hours ago, Jack Ross said he had no problem going to Celtic Park. Uh, but the club have undergone a, a change of heart. Uh, I think from Celtic's perspective, they should have agreed to the additional testing. Why not? They had created the problem. If Hibs players had reservations about playing Celtic so soon after their return from Dubai, then I think Celtic should have acknowledged that and allowed their players to undergo the additional testing. The Hibs players are entitled to be concerned about their own safety. Uh, I'm sitting here in my own home because I am concerned about my own safety. These are perilous times. I think Celtic should have agreed to the additional testing. Yeah, Alex, and that's the, the, the thing about this that we're all going through, everyone has the right to be concerned. No one has the right to tell other people that, that they can't be concerned. However, it's worth reminding people that we have had a lot of players testing positive this season yeah. Way more than we would have liked Take Dundee United for instance I think they had nine yeah, on one nine, day yeah. uh, Mickey Mellon wasn't there And unfortunately the opposition team Has to trust the track and trace procedure And play I can't remember Dundee United's op- opponents that day I don't think they got an extra round of testing yeah. So again that's not to have a go at Hibs Because I'd probably be worried If I was in their shoes But we've had loads of players test positive And unfortunately we need to put a bit of faith In the track and trace and and, and that's why we've, we've we've had fixtures go ahead in the past Yeah, I understand why Hibs asked the question, Gordon Because they only come back at the weekend So, you know, because of the, the kind of lying dormant for a few days Potentially could have uh, manifested itself over, over the weekend By refusing it, you run the risk of one of these players who play tonight Testing positive over the next day or two So that's, that's a risk that you, you could have easily alleviated By putting that test in place today But in terms of actually pitching up tonight uh, 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 they have no qualms about you need you need to go and fulfil the fixture, Gordon. Otherwise, we'll never get this done because you, ha- you get the concerns though. No, w- without a shadow of doubt, Gordon. I don't think you can take this lightly. Uh, but I think the fact that Celtic refused today to do it, they run the risk of potentially someone playing tonight. Now, the chances of actually getting transmission in a game is quite small, I think, because of the time that you have to spend within a close proximity of a player, which probably doesn't. Ha- is it fifteen minutes mm-hmm. close? So, I think when you factor that in, but. Uh, they're, they're within the rights to ask that question But you most certainly have to play the fixture tonight Scott is in Easter House How are you feeling about it all, Scott? I'm just a wee bit annoyed about it If I'm being honest um, You know, first of all Finding out that after um, Julian was injured And went with that team on that plane I think it's a disgrace Not just to the fans But a disgrace to, to what Celtic Football Club stands for Um We've paid hard-earned cash for season books that no one will get to use. No one will be inside a stadium this season, in my opinion. And who funded that that trip to Dubai? Myself, Joe Public, have funded them to go a trip to Dubai, have a wee jolly, and look what's what's happened. I just think it's a disgrace that he first the Julian was on the plane, and the fact that even contemplating. Going to Dubai a day after losing an old him that potentially ended our season. Yeah, this is the, one of the other sides to Hugh Keevens. Maybe, just maybe, if May rolls around 
And Scott Brown's got that trophy above his head And it's 10 in a row The Celtic fans would go I'm glad we went to Dubai That worked An inspired decision Even though that might have been a bit selective About the pandemic and so on But Scott's giving you the other side of it now in, in, in terms of how it feels To be in a season where you're giving out so much money And not getting much in return And then to see it all unfold Is that what's underpinning a lot of this? I can't think of a more catastrophic season, Gordon uh, in terms of domestic football, European football, the purchase of players, the decisions taken by the club relative to issues like the visit to Dubai, I, I can't think of a more sustained period of poor decision-making at Celtic Park, ever. Uh, and Scott is right that people who gave Celtic their money, and it was basically a donation because... They knew there was a, a a chance they might not see a game in person. They feel personally let down by the performances on the park, by the decision-making off the park, and in particular to ignore public opinion and indeed public health and get on a plane to Dubai in the immediate aftermath of a, a bad defeat to Rangers. Uh, Hugh, sorry, let me stop you there Because we do have breaking news And I know you'll be as interested as anyone We've got the Celtic team We've got the Hibs team for that matter as well But I think even the biggest Hibs fans would concede uh, There's a bit more interest About this Celtic starting 11 tonight This is where we find out who's missing And who's available Andrew McLean Yes, well it's going to be Connor Hazard Who starts in goal for Celtic tonight The back four, Jeremy Frimpong Shane Duffy Stephen Welsh and Diego Laxal. It looks as if it will be a midfield five of Ismail Asoro, Callum McGregor, David Turnbull, Tom Rogic and Mikey Johnson. And it's young Harper who starts up front for Celtic, which tells you that there is no Odson Edward, there is no Lee Griffiths. The substitute is Doohan, Taylor, Connell, Coffey, Okoflex, Henderson, Ralston, Hjelda and Karamoko. So a very young bench for Celtic and it tells you that there is a lot of regular first team players out for Celtic today. Wow. Uh, well, I'll put it back to the to Scott, who's on the line when we got that breaking news. Scott, what do you make of that that team? I think the the young lad up front needs to go for it. You Cameron know, Harper. They've got Griffiths Edwards who's been firing blanks. Um, okay, Griffiths had a good game against them, but I just think this young lad has to go and show what he's got and give Neil Lennon something to think about. Because right now, I've not felt like this since 1999 when Neil McCann scored the third and won the league at Parkhead that's how bad this season is to me Alex Ray when you look at the team the back four has a semblance of you know predict, not predictability a, a semblance of rec, you know, re- recognised players if you like yeah. who have been there um, Hazard is back in goals remember he came in all of a sudden a few weeks back midfield again pretty strong-ish yep. Um but when you look at Cameron Harper leading the line and the substitutes bench, that's when you, when, it, when it really hits home what this has done to Celtic's yeah, team. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, with Scott on the line there saying uh, Edward and Griffiths, you know, it may be an opportunity and thing. We, they played very well against uh, Rangers uh, uh, the weekend before. And uh, I had the team an hour and a half ago, Gordon. I, I seen the back line. Uh, Frimpong, Duffy, Laxalt, quite experienced. Walsh has played some games. The middle of the parks, the, 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 you know, Quite strong Sorrow, Turnbull McGregor You know he's Very good players Rogic comes back in 
And then you've got two young boys up front And you know They'll have to get uh, Some good service to Harper Young uh, American under 20 Player And then Mikey Johnson Come back after a long layoff But You're absolutely right The bench Is just littered with kids And, and it's a product of What's happened over in Dubai uh, Briefly Hugh Because I want to squeeze in Another call here What, what do you make of the Celtic team? Well, my understanding was that Shane Duffy could not play because he'd stepped out of the bubble by coming home early from Dubai. So, presumably, that information was wrong. Yeah, to, to be fair, I think, just to clear that up, I think the term bubble is a little bit misunderstood. Uh, and it has been since the start of the season. The players still go home, remember. The players still go home and, and, and meet their families and so on. So, um, I'm not sure that's one that we need to carefully consider just now, unless someone uh, contradicts that in, in the coming days. What about the, the rest of that team? With regard to Cameron Harper, I, I, I wish him well, but I think it's grossly unfair on Cameron Harper. Uh, he's no Premiership experience at all. And uh, he would never be within a mile of the team, but for the incredible circumstances which Celtic are working under at the moment. So there are good parts of it and there are bad parts of it. And I think it's grossly unfair on a player like Cameron Harper. Alex, some people would say it's a great opportunity oh, for him. I'm one of them, man, but without doubt. Listen, what an opportunity for the boy because if uh, Griffiths, Edward, and, and some of the other guys who have uh, had to quarantine and go into isolation. What an opportunity You know You're getting a chance A lot sooner than You would have done He's got a midfield behind him Who are you know Very good Top class players So it's an opportunity To shine for the boy uh, Thank you very much Scott in Easterhouse Paul is on the line Before we get your thoughts On that team Paul What about The situation That, that led us To that team being picked hey, Hi Gordon Hi Hugh Hi Alec Hi Paul uh, <clears throat> What can I say This is We've got now we've got people at the helm That uh, in the past, we had people that ran the club into the ground financially. We've now got people at the helm that are running the club into the ground morally. Uh, this goes above and beyond any football player or the manager or anything like that. I don't actually blame the players or the manager. The players and the manager do what they're told from, from the hierarchy of the club. Uh, so this is solely on them. This is the players, this is the Neil Lennon. This is Peter Lawwell, Dermot Desmond. Right? They're totally out of touch. And how arrogant How arrogant can you get that you're ignoring the, the pandemic? I know they say that they've not done anything wrong. They have done something wrong. They have stuck their fingers up at every Celtic fan, like myself, <coughs> who's invested money and their season tickets and their shares and the amount of money spend on, on Adidas gear when it came in they have totally they went against everything that the club was supposed to stand for and this is they are really running the, ground, the, the, the club into the ground Hugh what's remarkable about this is how quickly things have turned around now I know a lot of this is unforeseen you've got, you've got the pandemic but the fact that it's mixed in with Celtic have gone from unprecedented domestic domination to this to, to this position where I mean, if this game wasn't must-win already, what what sort of pressure is on these players tonight and to go out and make sure that that gap's cut to 19 points? And that, that's that's the best-case scenario this evening. Well, I have to say that uh, I've always believed that the, the league went on the day that uh, Rangers uh, beat Celtic at Ibrox 1-0. Uh, however, uh, hope springs eternal for the Celtic management and players uh, but tonight I think they are at a serious disadvantage. Uh, to go back to Paul's core question about who's responsible for this, 
Um, I Not to cut Dermot Desmond any slack, because he doesn't need me or anybody else to cut him any slack. However, he leaves the day-to-day running of the club to Peter Lawwell. And uh, therefore, what has been created here is a fault of the organisation at the highest level. Neil Lennon cannot say, uh, we're not going to Dubai if the club's hierarchy say, yes, you are. Uh, So I think, as ever, the clue is in the title. The chief executive has to step forward and be first in line where accountability is concerned. And I'd be interested to know when or if Peter Lowell has any plans to issue any kind of statement to which he signs his own name regarding this matter. If um, if Neil Lennon had uh, gone to Peter Lowell a couple of weeks ago prior to this and says we've got reservations, I'm sure it would have been taken on board. Uh, I, I think the governing body has to take a, a responsibility as well, Gordon, purely because of, you know, we hear about fixture, fixture scheduling being so tight. You could have got a midweek game played last week. You got a midweek game played this week, and you are fulfilling fixtures quicker than. And now they've got this backlog again. So potentially it could have been Peter Lowell could easily have pulled the trigger on that. For me, they've slipped at the wheel. Uh, the, the the ramifications now are severe. You've got a real discontent with the, the fan base. There's a real anger out there, and pl- you know you've got guys on there talking about how much money they've spent. I, I, I said. Leading up to Dubai, it was a real slap in the face. One of my mates says, 600 quid for a, a virtual season ticket. Slap in the face. And it, 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 I think it was Paul that it says there's an arrogance to this. For me, it is also. Paul, the frustration amongst the Celtic fans, where is it coming from? Is, is there a feeling that a lot of this is, is self-inflicted? Is that the bit that hurts the most? I'm not saying you would have enjoyed it, far from it, but if you had come out this season, played really well, and Rangers had just pipped you, you maybe would have... Been able to hold your hands up But this is a season that started with All the recruitment disasters um, All the, 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 the fans outside wanting Neil Lennon to go the, the, the club stuck by their man Which is absolutely fine And now this stuff Is there a feeling that Celtic have made life difficult for themselves And I'm talking mostly about football I appreciate there's a virus here And not everyone uh, can control it But when you look at what you can control Celtic in the past have made life difficult for themselves as a lot of clubs go through stages. I can remember when we got to Seville, we did nothing off the back yet. But I think we should have been trying to attract uh, talent and stuff. They never done that. They fell asleep again. Uh, this is totally uh, by spending too much time. I think we are arrogant. I think we've got really arrogant by letting players go at the start of the season, like Craig Gordon and Johnny Hayes and stuff. They thought they'd Fraser Foster in the bag. I think that's down to Peter Lowell's arrogance as well. They just think that people will sign because it's Celtic. Hate to bring it up again. Uh, Mr McGinn, perhaps, who went to Aston Villa. Peter Lawwell thought he was just going to sign. It's totally self-inflicted. They're, uh, he's took, he's taken the fans for granted. And I'm one of the kind of, I'm not old, but I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't buying into the standing outside Celtic part shouting for Neil Lennon's head. But what's happened is, He's now starting to get under the, uh, people's skin like me, who were a bit more easy going, who did appreciate how uh, many trophies he had won and had a bit of really successful time at the club. But did, this episode is is morally wrong. Never means financially. We're fine financially, but morally wrong. And I think he's overstepped the mark here. Right, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much to Paul on the line. 01419511025. More of your calls next. 
0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here, 0141-951-1025, if you want to join in on the phones. We are on Twitter as well, at Clyde SSB. Um, Mr Big Stuff says Things like this just sum up Celtic's season It's been disastrous events One after another Terrible decision making On and off the field Shambles Doesn't even begin to describe it Champions to chumps uh, He says And speaking of Twitter um, From the Hibs perspective I read you that statement A bit earlier on So they're not too uh, Happy that they were Denied the request for additional testing For the Celtic team Ahead of today And the Hibs sporting director Graham Matthew He has um, referenced the statement and he says not much more to be said an incredible position to be in in 24 hours that will feature heavily in my memoirs when the time comes so Hibs clearly uh, feel that they are being hard done by uh, here Hugh Evans. well I wonder why they felt compelled to say that they had been basically put under pressure to fulfil the fixture I wonder why uh, the SPFL or the SFA felt this was necessary, is it because we are trying to protect the Sky television contract? I mean, we're all walking on eggshells, wondering about the progress of the remainder of the season. I'd like to know more on the subject of why Hibs were told you had better play this game. I mean, that shouldn't come into it, obviously, Alex. If it's all about health and safety, first and foremost, the, the response basically is Celtic have followed testing protocols. They don't need to be tested again. Therefore, the game... Goes ahead It has to go ahead Gordon And uh, you know If the testing trace uh, Has been adhered to Which you know Resulted in 15 or 16 people uh, Having to isolate Then so be it But again I reiterate If one of the guys Who play Tonight Who's been over in Dubai Test positive The next day or two It just opens up An unbelievable can of worms Well if that's the case Then you can see Where Hibs are coming from Because you might You want to get in front of that As prevention rather than And that's the reason Why they've asked the question Gordon So you know To say no It'd been easy enough Mm. Just to get the test done And and put it to bed Well on Perhaps what looks like It might be a similar point Pat Is a Celtic fan From Bayliston What's your take on it Pat? Hey Gordon Cheers for taking the call No problem uh, Ian and Hugh, Alex. Hi, Pat. Uh, it's just it's similar to very seldom I, I agree with you, but I agree with him at this point. As and the question is, uh, is is why Hibs have been seem to be forced to play this game, and I think there's a wee clue in the Hibs statement there, where they says, I'm only what you said there, Gordon. If any player deems to be tested positive after tonight's game, they will cancel their cup game. Yeah, no, but yeah. Basically, so Hibs Hibs are sort of suggesting that they've had assurances from the SPFL that if any if any COVID nineteen issues arise from playing tonight, that will be taken into account, and the semi final would be postponed if required. And and to me that that's not right either. That that, that, that stinks of something wrong. That this uh, Hibs are being forced to play against a team that was obviously ravaged by COVID, which. But if they refused to play, they would lose the points. But anyway, yeah, but I, something isn't right. Can I make another quick point, Gordon? Go so, for it. Uh, it was just, obviously, tonight, I'm a Celtic fan, believe it or not, and I think the whole thing's atrocious. I don't even want to go there as the, my thoughts on it. But So there's 13 players and three backroom staff being told to self-isolate. How, how did they choose, or, or choose is not wrong word, how, how were these 13 picked up uh, along with the three backroom staff? In my eyes, the whole plane's there, the whole squad's there. Why is it only 13? Well, just the same as any track and trace procedure, really. We're obviously not privy to the exact detail, but an NHS team 
is responsible for identifying the close contacts. Now you're right; they were all on the same plane, but I they would have been spaced out to an extent. And if I, it's not really the type of subject you like to speculate about, Pat. But look, for instance. Maybe the 13 are the 13 who were sitting closest on the plane, for instance, and, and the rest weren't. You know, it's an NHS team that basically comes in and looks at flight manifests and bus seating plans and GPS from the training ground if required and meal plans, you know, the seating and all the rest of it. And they judge who is to be considered a close contact. And that's where the 13 comes from. Um, Alex, that, that's not too dissimilar to what we've seen numerous times this season. Yeah, the, the protocols are, are in place, but I understand what Pat's talking about, Gordon, because of, you know, if there's a backroom, how, how much contact has Neil Lennon had with the rest of the, the, the playing squad and so forth, and how they come to that number just seems astonishing when you're in mm. all these areas and what you say. So you're, you're eating plans, you're travelling plans, you're bus but, plans, you're training to plans. To be fair, and, and I get that, but I wonder if there comes a point where we have to hold our hands up and say no, that I believe the, 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 sort the process, of, Gordon, not that you don't believe it, but you know. The track and trace procedure is done with a bit more know-how than, than what you have or I have or Pat has. You know, it, it's it, it's it's not. I, I like to believe I've got a bit of faith that it's not just right. Well, we'll pick those thirteen, um, and and hope for the best. No, no, I wasn't trying to belittle what they were doing. I'm just trying to kind of kind of get some reasoning why people would understand why yeah. it's only that thirteen because of the amount of interaction between and all these various places. Now, listen, the, the track and trace people are professional medical. People, so I'm not trying to di- disrespect what they're saying. So you have to build it, and that's the reason why I'm saying Hibs have to play the game tonight, Gordon, because they've done that due diligence and who they feel should be omitted mm. from the game. Uh, Hugh, just to revisit something you said earlier, and pff, goodness me, we've got enough, we've got enough problem with things that are actually happening rather than the, the, than what might happen. But it's still worth revisiting because you said earlier about Shane Duffy um, and the fact that he had left this this bubble um, and. I mean, you, I, I sort of disagreed in the sense that I misunderstood you. I didn't think you were referencing the fact that he'd went to London. I forgot that's you know that's where he had went. Um, and John Kennedy was the one who's now. Um, people are sending me the newspaper clips of John Kennedy revealing that Shane Duffy would miss the game. Um, so it, 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 I don't know. I was going to say you'd like to think Celtic have got the all clear and Duffy's fine to play, but I'm, I'm kind of in the the feeling that nothing would surprise you anymore. You have now received via social media. Anyone can go back and look at the newspapers. John Kennedy said that as a consequence of leaving the bubble, in order to take care of family matters, uh, Shane Duffy would be ineligible to play on Monday. Now, it would be in keeping with the season that Celtic have had if they did make a mistake over this. However, they can clarify matters once the game is over with regard to Shane Duffy's eligibility. Now, I put one other thing before you, Gordon, and I put it forward to you as speculation at the moment, but I am told that one Hibs player uh, has not agreed to play tonight. So I don't know the Hibs team yet. Uh, I know the name of the player I have been told has not agreed to play tonight. So Mm. once I hear the Hibs team, I'll know Well Andrew McLean will give us uh, that team And we'll maybe try and get to the bottom of it Before we speculate too much Andrew What's the Hibs team? Oh. 
Yes, there is uh, five changes for Hibs tonight. Out go Marciano, Stevenson, Mallon, Boyle and Doidge. In come Macy, Doig, Wright, Murphy and Holberg. So it looks as if it'll be a 4-5-1 for Hibs tonight. Matt Macy gets his debut in goal. The back four, Paul McGinn, Ryan Porteous, Paul Hanlon and Josh Doig. The midfield five, Dre Wright, Melker Holberg, Alex Gogic, Joe Newell and Jamie Murphy with Kevin Nisbet, the lone striker. The substitutes, Dabrowski, Gray, McGregor, Stevenson, Stephen McGinn, Mallon, Bradley, Gullen and Doidge. Uh, okay, it takes us up nicely. Thank you to Pat and Bailison, uh, by the way, for getting in touch. It takes us up to this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk/slash/football. Okay, beat the pundit time. I promise you, not one single question is about COVID nineteen protocols. This is just about actual football trivia, just for a wee minute, and then we'll sure we'll get back to it. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. If you want to embarrass Hugh Evans or Alex Ray, that is the number. The lines close at seven, so be quick. Your chance. To beat the pundit is next. Tackle the headlines. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevens and Alex Ray are here, and my goodness, there is a lot to get through between now and eight o'clock. We've got a big game tonight, and it goes ahead, but under the most bizarre of circumstances. Celtic against Hibbs. Celtic with a much changed team. No Neil Lennon. Gavin Strachan in charge of the team tonight. The list. Of Celtic players missing Is uh, lengthy uh, And the likes of Cameron Harper Leading the line for Celtic up front So still lots to get through on that There actually was big football games at the weekend If you want to look back on uh, I'm sure Rangers victory at Pataudry Will be high up on the agenda as well So give us a call or send us a tweet And we'll do this first Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Okay, beat the pundit time Either Hugh Keevans or Alex Ray Up against Ross from Stranraer How's it going Ross? Hi, not too bad, thanks guys Now it says here Ross you're a Celtic fan So is this an exercise in cheering yourself up tonight? Is that what this is all about? This beat the pundit? Hi, uh, you, you, you could say so You could say so <laughs> I, can, I can promise I can make it all go away But we never know I might give you a sign ball Cheer you up a wee bit So uh, we'll toss the coin heads It will be Hugh Keevans you play Tails, it's Alex Ray And it is heads It's Hugh Keevans from home Hugh, can you still hear us? I certainly can Good stuff uh, He's going to get wise to that one night And he's going to start Pretending that he's in delay And speaking like in, in a stuttering manner And then I won't make him play Beat the Pundit But he's playing tonight So uh, I'll give him A bit of silence So that he can't steal Ross's answers Ross 30 seconds on the clock You're head to head with Hugh And you can pass That's all you need to know Are you ready? Yes, no problem Good man 30 seconds starts now What was the score The last time Celtic played Hibs? Uh, 1-0 Celtic Apart from Morelos Name another Rangers player With 50 Scottish Premiership goals uh, Pass Who's conceded the most In the Scottish Premiership This season uh, Motherwell Which Scotland international Captained Man United Against Watford At the weekend Pass Who scored Livingston's Second goal yesterday That was tough Robinson Christopher Julian Joined Celtic From which club uh, Nice Okay, they were tough tonight, Ross, I think Let's bring Hugh Keevens back uh, Hugh, can you hear us? You got us, Hugh? I can Good stuff, they're tough tonight, let me warn you uh, 30 seconds on the clock Same set of questions to you, your time starts now What was the score the last time Celtic played Hibs? 3-0 uh, Celtic Apart from Morelos, name another Rangers player with 50 Scottish Premiership goals Um... Pass. Who's conceded the most in the Scottish Premiership this season? 
Hamilton Ackies Which Scotland international captain the Man United against Watford at the weekend? McTominay Who scored Livy's second goal yesterday? Uh, Robinson And Christopher Julian joined Celtic from which club? Um, Leo Okay Ross, how do you think that went? I think he's, he's maybe beat me back off Oh Ross, I thought I was going to be able to cheer you up tonight I'm not sure I can fulfil that promise anymore Right, first one The last time Celtic played Hibs? Two each Two each Easter Road Lacks out Last minute equaliser yep. um, Apart from Morelos Name another Rangers player With 50 Scottish Premiership goals Boydie Boyd and Morelos uh, so it's nil-nil after two questions Classic start, gentlemen uh, Who's conceded the most in the Premiership this season? It is Hamilton Hugh Keevans yep. gets up and running This is where I become worried about you, Ross Because it's still zero And right. I, don't, I don't like it when people get zero It makes me feel bad for them, right? So uh, which Scotland international captained Man United against Watford? It was Scott McTominay 2-0, Hugh Keevans uh, you both went Robinson for Livy's second goal, but it was Alan Forrest. Forrest. Yep. And Christopher Julian joined Reds. from Toulouse. Uh, I think it was a different French club from each of you there. So it was a two for Hugh Keevans, not a classic. And Ross, just when we thought we were going to cheer you up, you come on here in front of the nation and get a zero. <laughs> well done, Hugh. Honestly, honestly Ross. Ross come, come back again, Ross. I will do All the best I'll give give them the benefit of the doubt Ross and Strunrar Hugh only got a two So they must have been tough tonight Thank you very much Beat the Pundit back At the same time Tomorrow night 01419511025 At Clyde SSB On Twitter Uh, Building up to kick off Just a recap of that uh, Those teams Andrew McLean Just to paint the picture of uh, The disruption That's been caused to tonight's fixture Yes, well, six changes for Celtic. Out go Barkas, Ayer, Beaton, Christie, Edward and Griffiths. A lot of those forced, of course, with players self-isolating. In come Hazard, Duffy, Welsh, Rogic, Johnson and Cameron Harper. So it's going to be, it looks as if it'll be the diamond for them. Again, Connor Hazard starting in goal. Jeremy Frimpong, Shane Duffy, Stephen Welsh and Diego Laxalt across the back. Ismail Osoro, Callum McGregor, David Turnbull and Tom Rogic in midfield with Mikey Johnson and Cameron Harper. Up top, the substitutes doing Taylor. Connell, uh, Connell, Coffey, Okaflex, Henderson, Ralston, Hjelda and Dembele. As for Hibs, five changes for them. Marciano, Stevenson, Mallon, Boyle and Doidge drop out. In come Macy, Doig, Wright, Murphy and Holberg. So a 4-5-1 uh, for them today. Matt Macy in goal. The back four, Paul McGinn, Ryan Porteous, Paul Hanlon and Josh Doig. The midfield five, Dre Wright, Melker Holberg, Alex Gogic, Joe Newell and Jamie Murphy with Kevin Nisbet. Up top, the substitutes, Dabrowski, Gray, McGregor, Stevenson, Stephen McGinn, Mallon, Bradley, Gullen and Doidge. Thank you very much to Andrew McLean at Celtic Park. Kevin is a Celtic fan from Armadale. How are you feeling about it all, Kevin? I'm a bit, a bit gutted, to be honest. A bit embarrassed. Um, but what, what can you do? I think there was a call that was on earlier on and he had the nail on the head by saying that Celtic have been quite arrogant. And I think we've been arrogant for, for a number of years where we just take it for granted that we can win the league and just John McGinn was a perfect example as well we just thought the boy was going to sign but it's, it's not been great I think my, my main point tonight is who, who is calling the shots at Celtic Park is it is it Dermot Desmond is it, Stuart, uh, is, it is it Peter Lowell nobody quite knows because um, there's, there's it's, it's no transparent enough for me nobody really has a clue what's going on because um, somebody has to be held accountable for, for this debacle anyway well I mean Hugh I think Peter Law has always been regarded as a a very involved, very hands-on uh, chief executive. So in terms of who is calling the shots, Dermot Desmond provides a lot of money. There's a, there's a structure there. It's a big club. Neil Lennon will have a lot of input in the, the football side of things. Nicky Hammond um, is, is there in a high-profile role. There are other board members. But 
I'm sensing from Kevin and other Celtic fans they they want someone to hang this on. Well, if it's Dubai, then uh, I'm afraid the buck stops at the chief executive's office. Uh, Dermot Desmond has many business interests throughout the world. Uh, Celtic is just one of them, and he leaves a man in charge to, to look after that business for him. Therefore, in matters of this nature, it is Peter Lawwell's office that you have to go to. Uh, Neil Lennon could make representation to Peter Lawwell and say, look, are you sure, Peter? But at the end of the day, the trip has to be sanctioned by the chief executive. The bad buys that have been made at the club, that's down to Nicky Hammond, Neil Lennon and Peter Lawwell. I'm not going to mention the one from Hibbs who went to Aston Villa because that's my specialist subject and you don't allow me to mention them anymore. Correct. But it was consistent with Errors being made in that department. The wrong players have been signed and the right players have not been signed. And the players were allowed to go in the summertime who should not have been allowed to go. The whole thing with regard to player recruitment has been a nonsense. The displays on the park domestically and in Europe have been grossly unsatisfactory. And the whole affair regarding the trip to the Middle East has been, uh, as Kevin on the line has said, an embarrassment. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kevin, I'm sure Hugh would concede that although Peter Law was the chief exec, the buck stops with him on, on pretty much everything. I'm not sure we'll ever know what role he had in Dubai, whether it was his idea or what, how much he sanctioned it, how much involvement. You'd have to imagine there was some because he's, he's the CEO. Um, but again, we, we could never really categorically say uh, at this moment in time. How do you view the, the the football side of things tonight, Kevin? Because you and your fellow Celtic fans have been on this phone in all you know last couple of months. First, it was sixteen points, nineteen points. It's twenty two points tonight. The list of players that are missing for Celtic, not only tonight but probably at the weekend as well. How difficult is it going to be to win these two football matches? I think the squad tonight, it's out, well, the, the, the first eleven especially, is more than capable of, of beating Hibs tonight. That's no disrespect to Hibs, but barring um, Cameron and Harper up front, I think um, I think there's enough in that team that, that, that should be able to get by Hibs. It'll be difficult because they're not they're, they're not regular starters. They'll be probably out of match fitness after a, a couple of them, but the vast majority of them have played, played the majority of the season. Shane Duffy has had an absolute honker, but it's one of them, isn't it? It's, it just, uh, I, I genuinely think that they should beat Hibs tonight. That may well be the case, Alex Ray, but the reality still exists that Celtic go into an absolute must-win game. I don't think anyone would yep. would argue with that tonight and again at the weekend. Without these are the players that were in the squad against Rangers that are no longer there: Barkas, Ayer, Christie, Edward, Griffiths, El Yunusi, Ayeti, El Hamed, Brown, Cham, and, and Beaton was suspended anyway. That is a that's verging on a, a who's who of, of yeah. decent Celtic players. Yeah, without doubt. And Livingston at the weekend as well, yeah, it's not just about tonight. Gordon, are key players as well. And without going over all ground, it was a, a disaster of a trip. And, uh, you know, who's culpable? You know, there's that banner that was doing the rounds by Dermot Desmond, Lawwell, and Lennon. Don't fall asleep at the wheel. They are falling asleep at the wheel. And you're right, it is a must win game. Uh, but I agree with the caller, uh, Kevin, on the line that this is they're more than capable of getting a result tonight because they have enough quality, strength, and depth. And it shows. Because a lot of these guys have featured throughout the course of this season, and uh, 
I think it's a big blow uh, Christian Dodge and uh, mm. uh, Martin Boyle have been, been out uh, for Hibs but you know they'll have to look at this as well and think what an opportunity to try and pick up some points at Parkhead hey, Yeah Martin Boyle went over in his ankle in training so he's unavailable tonight no Dodge as well um, and actually on the theme of Hibs players missing Hugh you can tell your source who thinks that one of the Hibs players um, refused to play I think he's I think he's wrong um, but we can we can argue about that another time but w- 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 that's that's my understanding uh, at the moment Players missing for For various reasons Right you can tweet us At Clyde SSB You can phone On the usual number uh, Thanks to Kevin And Armadale I mean Hugh I, I'm about to contradict Myself here Because Usually we're tra- we try And deal with the Here, here and now and, and not speculate Too much about What can come In the coming days But that, Is there a real Possibility here For you that Celtic Don't win the game tonight Don't win at the weekend What What, I mean, what on earth Would the reaction be then Can it get any worse um, yes, it can. It always can get worse. Uh, every Celtic supporter who has been on the line tonight has spoken in a way that, had I said what they have said tonight in times gone by, I would have received dog's abuse. But the Celtic supporters, they've used words like embarrassment, shambles, chaos. Uh, they're very upset at the way the club has behaved itself on and off the park from the start of this season you can catalogue everything from the day Lee Griffiths came in for pre-season training and was unfit to be a a footballer uh, until Celtic came back from Dubai it has been horrendous on and off the park for them Uh, Hibs on the back of three defeats Celtic should have a chance tonight given the calibre of player they've got but I do think that young Cameron Harper it's probably a bridge too far for him and then they've got games back to back against Livingston eight wins on the bounce under David Martindale so yes it can get worse because you can receive confirmation almost not arithmetic confirmation but you can receive confirmation in your own mind after the next three games tonight and the two Livy matches that there will not be ten in a row and it's a bitter pill for the Celtic fans to swallow. Given a story of this magnitude, it's understandable that fans and pundits and, and people involved in clubs would be very interested in the response of the governing bodies. Now, some of this is obviously an SPFL issue. They facilitated the fixture change. Um, some of this will be a Scottish FA issue. Um, well, the chief exec of the Scottish FA, Ian Maxwell, um, here's what he had to say today. It's not the Scottish FA's permission to give. You know, in terms of the elite athlete exemption and what's covered by that, we are always uh, working very closely with the Scottish government to make sure that we're adhering, adhering to the correct protocols and correct advice. Um, and they gave Celtic the permission to go. In terms of was it the right decision? There's been a huge amount of commentary in the public, and I'm sure it's one that Celtic are considering. I completely understand that you know Celtic have done that trip over previous years and it's worked well for them in terms of their preparation for the end of the season I don't think there's any doubt that whether it was right to, to take the team away under the current climate is, is certainly up for debate and I'm sure Celtic are thinking about that I'm seeing lots on social media Alex suggesting yeah. that that type of response from the Scottish FA is not enough is that fair? Yeah I'm, I'm a bit kind of perplexed Gordon because is Ian Maxwell not on the joint response group that actually sanctioned the the, the, the jolly to uh, Dubai so well, well, Celtic have made this clear from the start that the Scottish uh, the Scottish government gave it the thumbs up as well. It's, God, it's, it's, it's an absolute nightmare because the First Minister comes out today and says that they gave permission to go to another uh, country 
which wouldn't, you know, and, and then Celtic put a statement out last week saying that they were given permission to go to Dubai. So there's so much unanswered questions that need to be answered. And, and I think the SFA and I also think the SPFL, because of the fixture mm. backlog that they keep harping on about to actually allow a team to actually kind of postpone a game or uh, uh, put it forward a couple of days when they could have got more fixtures played. It, it, it mm. bamboozles me. I mean, Hugh, I know that we're, we're very entrenched in our opinions in, in this part of the world and we don't often move, but but for those who, who feel let down by all this or who feel angry or disappointed about it, the the line of, well, technically they were allowed to go, whether it's by Celtic or whether it's by the Scottish FA, just isn't cutting it. Well, uh I accept that. However, you know, Alec used the word jolly there. Uh, I don't think Celtic went for a jolly. There, there was an element of uh, training incorporated into the visit to Dubai. I have also said that no idea why Christopher Julian is there since he can't possibly train uh, and it can't be involved in the performance-related aspect of the trip to Dubai. But I don't think it was intended to be a jolly whether it's certainly a folly, not a jolly, it's a folly because they should have had greater thought about how it would look and how it would be, given that the numbers in Dubai with relation to the transmission of the virus were rising and rising quickly. And at home, people would have said, why on earth are you going abroad at a time like this when you're you're risking the health of the players because Alex, for a lot of the last week, it was about how it looked. But yeah. but but once you get the positive case, and once you get the fact that the players then can't play, it's about more than what of it looks. It it's about what it is the price that they've paid has been far too much than than than, than going out there. And so we see pictures of players sunbathing with management round about the pool. We see players sitting watching football. And they, I mean, they, again, I'll always throw in that that any sort of still image. I'm not saying that you you can't. Take any conclusion from it but, but it should always be a measured one Because we don't know how long they were there And, and all the rest of it I know the way it looks as well as you yeah. do But I'm, I think that's no, worth no, reminding it's, people it's, it's fine Gordon But what I'm saying is uh, Was it essential? So see the training that they'd done In in uh, Dubai They most certainly could have done that at Lennox Town Lennox Town's one of the best uh, facilities in Scotland Gordon They have an indoor arena there as well So there was no need to actually go over there They've got players over there Who are not even fit You know They've got it beggars belief The price that they're paying for this now And we've touched on it on the whole show tonight 16 uh, personnel out uh, And for me it was totally unnecessary the, And the First Minister says that The questions, the was it essential? No for me wasn't it? Hugh, the, the PR side of it the, you know, the, the response, the way that you, you handle crisis That doesn't seem to be washing with even the Celtic fans either Have they got the right to and you'd always expect a football team to fight their corner, of course, and and, and that's predictable. But have, have they got the right to expect a little bit of of contrition or, or acknowledgement from from Celtic as a club? Well, I think we get a right to expect a, a statement from Peter Lawwell uh, because if he feels that Celtic have been impugned either on this program or in newspapers, uh, whatever your medium, uh, then he could explain the rationale behind going to Dubai. But, you know, everyone in this country, Gordon, is a little apprehensive now about their health and the health of others and the health of their relatives, the health of the vulnerable, the health of the elderly. Uh, And we're all consumed by COVID-19, its consequences, the threat 
of the virus. And at that particular moment, Celtic should have thought, yeah, it's not a good idea. We'll keep everyone here where we can keep an eye on everyone and do our training at Lennox Town. It was just a bad idea. Uh, Lynn is an Airdrie She's coming up next I've got a full time teaser For you as well Taking your calls On Scottish football 0141 951 1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans Are here 0141 951 1025 To join in uh, Big game coming up In the east end of Glasgow This evening Some big games to look back on Over the weekend If you fancy that as well Let me give you tonight's teaser uh, Robert Clark has sent this one in You're only looking for Five names tonight right So Robert says Jordan Hallsgrove recently became Don't worry I'm explaining it Jordan Hallsgrove recently became the 6th Scot to play in La Liga In the post-war era He came on for Celta Vigo at the weekend Can you name the other 5? So you're looking for the other 5 Scots who've played in La Liga In the post-war era Archibald Yep, one from you Hugh Evans. I've got one Who? Uh, Burke Oliver Burke Yeah yeah. Okay we'll leave it there Two of five That's That's, Stuff. that's very good progress uh, By the standards um, Of you two uh, Right Full time at Clyde1.com That's how you Get your Questions in and, and hear them read out In the show So Burke and Archibald We'll get to the rest of them um, Gavin Strachan Who of course In charge of Celtic tonight He's done The usual pre-match Media duties He was asked about Shane Duffy Um and, and essentially said that Duffy's available to play after returning a negative COVID test. So whether John Kennedy was wrong at the weekend or whether there's more to, co- to come out from this, then you have to bear with us uh, on that one. So Duffy plays tonight. That's all That's all we can tell you for sure. Let's bring in Lynn, who is an Airdrie. Uh, what's your thoughts on all of this, Lynn? Hi there, team Gordon, Alex and Hugh. Hello. Hello there. So far... The callers that you've had have, have been commenting from a Celtic viewpoint about Celtic's actions. But I would like to look at it from across the board. Everybody who enjoys watching football on TV. Celtic's actions have jeopardised not only the privileges that are granted to elite sports people, but the very continuance of top-tier football for the rest of the season the First Minister said that football is only being allowed because of the enjoyment that it provides for many tens of thousands of people, uh, not only Scotland, throughout the, the world, I guess, watch top-tier football. And this may well now be stopped, depriving all of us who enjoy watching a couple of hours football and it lets us escape from the things that are going on worldwide that are so terrible and that's, for me, that's the, the worst thing. It jeopardises all football in Scotland now. And so we would all lose out. Well, yeah, I mean, Hugh, there's a lot to be said for the big picture because the rules which allow professional sport to continue are to be reviewed. Um, whether that's all down to Celtic or how much of that's down to Celtic, well, that's probably for Nicola Sturgeon um, and not for us. But But that is happening along with the fact that the situation in the country is getting worse in case you hadn't noticed. None of us can do the things that we could even do uh, a couple of months ago. And the news today that the Scottish Cup and all league football beneath the Championship has been suspended for three weeks. Our game is in a seriously precarious position. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the Scottish Cup presents obvious complications because you have part-time footballers in there among full-time footballers and the part-time footballers go to their work and it creates a complication and they, they then have to be tested and so on and so forth. So we, we understand the reasons why the Scottish Government has taken the action it did today with regard to the, the two bottom divisions and the Scottish Cup. Celtic have thrown in an unnecessary complication and the possibility of the Scottish Government looking again at the major divisions and Scottish football as a whole. However, I honestly believe that Nicola Sturgeon would rather that she did not have to intervene with the two top divisions unless it became medically essential for her to do so. I think she is aware, she always gives the impression that she finds football an irritation, but she is aware of the importance of football to people in the country who do not regard it as an irritation. So she will give football the benefit of the doubt, I believe, until or if medical problems get in the way and she has to look at it again. But Celtic threw in an unnecessary complication. Yeah, Alex, there might be a point where we can't do anything and it's, it's taken away, but <laughs> football in this country is going to have to start helping itself. Yeah, we have to box lover, Gordon. We had a few episodes earlier on the season, yellow cards being administered by Nicholas, uh, administered by Nicholas Sturgeon. And today you can see she's not happy with it. She's intimated that she felt as if it wasn't essential. And, uh, you know, she's one that looked into as well with the governing body. So um, I would suggest that the governing body actually look uh, into this and how it's going to be handled and where they go from here on in. Because you don't want any more episodes with this, Gordon. And I would, I would suggest that clubs actually intensify. We've actually seen managers wearing masks at press conferences because of the transmission, Gordon. You mentioned Dundee United there. If one person gets it within that camp, there's a possibility that maybe 8 to 10 players could potentially be in that particular bubble. And it would, it's, um, it's really imperative that they try and keep on top of this for their own uh, uh, gains. Uh, thank you very much Lynn and Airdrie Some points I'm sure lots of people Will be nodding their heads at at home So thanks for getting in touch Lynn Let's bring in Joe Who's a Celtic fan from Cleland Hi Joe Hi Gordon How are you doing? Hello Alex Hi And Hugh Happy New Year to you all yeah, Same to you Joe What's on your mind tonight? I would just like to Back up Celtic And what they've done I think Peter Lowell And Desmond Are getting coming in for a lot of flack On why the decision That they took at the time when they were so many points behind Rangers to take this trip, uh, having to plan it ahead. I felt that they were going to come on a run. They felt the players were good, it would do them good. And if they come on a run before the uh, the break, when obviously when obviously they were coming into the game hoping to beat Rangers, and obviously it was going well until the sending off, but uh, it didn't work in their favour. These things happen in football. But I think if they'd have won that game, they would have been over on holiday doing what they did the year prior and they came back really, really strong and won the league. Yeah, I mean, the obvious thing, Joe, is we weren't in the midst of a global pandemic last year. Does that not seem like quite an important factor? Yes, but there's a lot of people going in different places and business and holiday and this is a business. And the fact is that they're going in business and they're going this as professional people. And I, I take Alex says that they're going in a jolly joint. I'm sure if Alex was a one of the players in his day when he was playing, and it's not because he played with Rangers. It's the fact is that he would have loved to have gone on this uh, uh, holiday 
as he calls it, to professionally uh, prepare yourself because you can get more out of people when you're playing in the sun, when you're playing in a nice, relaxed atmosphere, uh, when you're not playing in it, so training. You can get more out of people and it gives them time to prepare, to come back and then have a right good go at calling back all these points that were were uh, were still lagging behind. Joe, you're absolutely see, see if uh, back in the day if there was a winter uh, break, I think most people would have welcomed. Mm. Uh, I think because of the circumstances, there is no winter break. There, there's games needed to be played, and I think the most important thing here is in terms of the COVID situation. You know, other things spiraling. You know, it's been more infectious, up to seventy percent more infectious, and you have to read the room. That's the reason why I was so vocal before Celtic went, Joe, because I could see this actually happening, that it's actually manifested itself because you're putting yourself in a situation that's happened tonight. 13 players and three mm. staff, Joe. That is the price for this. And do you know the thing is about actually going to Dubai as well uh, um, in terms of what you can actually do? It's great to have a bit of sun in your back, but you're actually the, the price that they're paying is, does, doesn't justify that now. See to actually put it in context as well. I think Celtic played ten games, number thirty-two games, uh, thirty-two yes. days. Sorry. So when you look at that, the actual training that the players would have done and the intensity of it, they could have done that back home. They could have been still by their family. They could still have been in their own bubble, less hassle going airports, uh, training, uh, eating mm. at different times and so forth on buses and just eradicating all this. Uh, Potential headache is actually manifest. I mean, I, I, I get that, Joe, because I get there is a, there's always bound to be an element of of hindsight with these things. But but that's where we're at. A lot of the stuff you say, I, I can get on board with in the sense that you know they were they were allowed permission and they, and they wanted to try and claw back that gap. Of course, that's what they thought. But is it not the reality that doing it under these circumstances, you have to get it right. You just have to get it right, and they haven't because someone picked it up. Passed it on the, the, the isolation has been passed on uh, To 12 or 13 other people Hibs are now in a situation where They are hesitant to play a game tonight And everyone's really wondering how the season Moves on from here So surely you're allowed to exercise that amount of hindsight And realise that it was a mistake Somebody could have picked up this virus here But they didn't But they didn't That's the point Joe And that's what's angering a lot of people Celtic have That's almost like Right off the Celtic statement Someone could have but they didn't. What use is a completely hypothetical situation to us right now? But if you put yourself four weeks back when we're all in the paper thinking that oh, we're getting this vaccine, we're getting this back, it's all positive information. And the positive information that Peter Lawwell took in and the directors take at the time with Neil Lennon, consultation, let's go ahead. These are professional people. They wouldn't have made this decision to think that they were putting at risk mm. other people. They knew that this is a possibility here. If we go abroad, it will help us. If we could do that, it will help us because the mm. government allow it. Oh, that, that's the, that's the thing, though, Hugh, Hugh. Hugh, I've got, I've got no doubt Celtic's intentions were good. I don't think that that should be called in to account. I'm sure they didn't intend this to happen, but it did. Joe, Joe is the exception to the rule, and there's always one uh, who believes that deep down this is some form of attack on Celtic. It, it's not. It's simply to draw attention to the fact that it was an unnecessary risk and having taken the unnecessary risk the consequences have been severe with regard to the team that plays against Hibs tonight and will play against Livingston at the weekend uh, so you're right when you say that there's no point in Joe saying it could have happened here 
they took the unnecessary risk of going to a country where transmission was growing rapidly when they could have spared themselves the risk. Yeah, listen, I don't think that's up for debate as well, Hugh. I've said this, and we've got Joe saying there they've made this decision. I've actually said before that they actually went on the the trip that they were putting herself at risk because of the COVID, and it's actually manifested itself if they had done more due diligence and they would have checked the actual infection rate in Dubai, you know, it was spiralling out of control. Double infections that we have in Scotland, Gordon. So for me, I don't think there's anywhere or anybody to blame other than Celtic. Joe, final word to you. Point is, is, is that if this transpires and what's happened now and it's left out major players, which is not good for Celtic, but if it could be our finest hour. We could win the game, win it well, it gives these other players opposition, uh, you know, the chance to prove themselves, which they probably wouldn't have got throughout the season. So it could be a finest hour. We could win tonight. We could win next week without the same players and we'd still be in the same situation. If it transpires that we're not, then they have to look at it and probably take, that didn't work for us. But I think we have to look at the fact that, you know, that they're professional people. They run a business and they've uh, he spent 30 million Trying to make this business over the last three years This isn't a person that would put that in jeopardy Or a club that would put it in jeopardy It's not worked in a favour this time We're hurting because of it But it's still to transpire that we still could be in the same place in 10 days time And still chasing Rangers Like I said, I don't think anyone's in any I don't think Celtic meant this to, to end this way I think, I think we'll accept that Thank you to Joe in Cleland The other thing Hugh One of the, the various things That we've not mentioned That I suspect We'll be at this For a couple of days Celtic can fulfil This fixture tonight Because they've got A big squad I wonder how Kilmarnock And St Mirren Look upon this Because not every team In the country Can cope with 13 players missing And if you can't cope And you forf- you forfeit The fixture Do you get the points docked As we're about to find out Later in the week um, with St Mirren in Kilmarnock Celtic can handle this because they've got a massive squad Well that's their good fortune but you know what St Mirren did uh, in terms of breaching the Covid protocols and what Kilmarnock did, you know, they'll have to address their own situation, there's no point in saying well Celtic will get a bigger group of players, that's an unfair advantage, you know I, I still think Celtic are disadvantaged tonight in terms of the team that they have put out and will put out again against Livingston. So I, I think that when Celtic reflect on all of this, and that will be at the end of the season, when we all know whether Celtic have won anything at all this season. I think when Celtic reflect on this, those in authority at the club will wish they hadn't done it. I think a lot of fans want reflection to be happening right now. Maybe we'll get it soon. Joe and Cleland, thanks again. Let me tell you about this. Very important. Yesterday was another day of our brand new game Show Me The Money And there was no winner That means someone out there missed out Alex Ray On £11,000 But the good news is there's even Not not if if that person was you uh, But the good news is there's even more cash for you to win tomorrow Remember if you have entered already You stay in the draw till the end of the month The next game is worth £12,000 So we're upping it For your chance to win Text YES to 61025 That is YES to 61025 The text costs £2 Plus your standard message rate Over 18s only The full terms and online entry For this Hits Radio Network Scotland competition Is on our 
website After 5 tomorrow Gary Spence will make a phone call To win All you need to do Is answer the phone Within 5 rings It is that simple The 12 grand Would be yours So to play Show me the money right now Text yes to 61025 Number 1 For football In Glasgow and the West 0141 951 1025 Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard About to kick off at Celtic Park Have you got time For a quick recap Of teams Andrew McLean Yes, well, a much-changed side for Celtic. Six players drop out. Of course, they have plenty of coronavirus issues with 13 players self-isolating. Barkas, Ayer, Beaton, Christie, Edward and Griffiths drop out. In come Hazard, Duffy, Welsh, Rogic, Johnson and Harper. So it'll be Connor Hazard that starts in goal for them tonight. Jeremy Frimpong, Shane Duffy, Stephen Welsh and Diego Laxalt across the back. A midfield diamond of Ismail Asoro, Callum McGregor, David Turnbull and Tom Rogic with Cameron Harper making his debut up front next to Mikey Johnson it is a young inexperienced bench as well doing Taylor Connell Coffey Okaflex Henderson Ralston Helder and Dembele as for Hibs five changes for them uh, tonight Marciano Stevenson Malin Boyle and Doidge all out Macy Doig Wright Murphy and Holberg all come in so it's Matt Macy who starts in goal for them the back four Paul McGinn Ryan Porteous Paul Hanlon and Josh Doig the midfield five Trey Wright Melker Holberg Alex Gogic Joe Newell and Jamie Murphy with Kevin Nisbet up top the substitutes Dabrowski Gray McGregor Stevenson Stephen McGinn Malin Bradley Gullen and Doidge and the referee as we are just about to get underway with Cameron Harper standing over the ball tonight the referee Stephen McLean uh, Hugh Keevans did I ask you for your match prediction all feels a bit small time compared to what's going on well, of course, uh, I fancy Hibs. All oh, right, okay. So the team, the, the disruption to the team, too much for you when you say you fancy Hibs to get a point or to win the game. Uh, I fancy Hibs to win the game. Mm. I'm not sure that you know the many good players in midfield uh, for Celtic. Turnbull got an eye for goal uh, and has proved it as a Celtic player. But I just think Hibs narrowly. I'm going to go for a draw, Gordon. Um, I think. Uh, seeing the two young guys up front I've seen Mikey Johnson play through the middle and, and do very well so it's a big night for him if he can get a, a tune out of him they may well go on and win it Celtic but I think it'll be tight a draw for me OK well the game is underway we'll keep you up to speed on anything that happens uh, during the opening exchanges how are you getting on with this teaser by the way Terribly. we're looking for Jordan Hallsgrove recently became the sixth Scot to play in La Liga post-war can you name the other five you've got Ollie Burke and Steve oh. Archibald no I've got a couple here Hugh? Uh, sorry Hugh have you got one is there, is there another Harper in there? Jack Harper never played yes. in La Liga, I'm afraid. He mm. was on the books at a few clubs, but I don't think he's got an appearance in La Liga yet. What about, um, sure, I'm thinking more Seville. Did Ted McMahon, was Ted McMinn, did he represent oh. Scotland? Yes. Well, he's Scottish. Well done, Ted yeah. McMinn. And what about, did, did Jim, Jim Bet? No. Okay, right, so okay. we'll leave it there. You've got Burke, Archibald, McMinn, two to get. I'll be honest, one is like ridiculously hard, so yes. we can kind of forget about it. Uh, but the other one, um, I've got a bit of faith in you Cameron Harper An unlikely starter for Celtic tonight Trying to make something happen Jeremy Frimpong and him teaming up Down this right hand side Look we're almost out of time Will we Will we, will we be bold and talk about Football from over the weekend oh, Let, Let's great, give it a yeah. bash Pataudry yesterday a, a massive game With so many talking points And we're going to now try and condense it Into Five minutes or so Give it a go Alex Yeah listen I thought uh, For 65-70 minutes I thought Rangers were absolutely excellent I thought in recent weeks They've been a kind of They've got the job done They've been very professional You know Defensively very sound um, But I thought some of the movement For the front five yesterday Gordon in particular You know Hadji came into the team Did well Morelis getting back to winning ways Scoring his 50th 
goal for the club Kent two assists and I just thought Kamara and Ariba I thought the rotation was really good and I didn't I didn't think that Aberdeen could cope with it and then they had a lax of concentration at the back uh, and it gave Aberdeen a lifeline they were very nervy for the last 20 minutes or so so you know I think it's a very professional job first time in I think 10 years that uh, Rangers have been up to Aberdeen and won back to back twice up there so they're, they're showing a lot of intent at the moment well, we're very pleased with the results. Obviously, you know, coming here, uh, we said before the game, it's a tough game. Credit to Aberdeen, staying in the game. I thought we were excellent until 2-0. Uh, I was really pleased with uh, us in possession. Um, the chances we were creating were, was very good. But at 2-0, we, we changed our mentality and our mindset. We decided to try and play walking football. We were playing passes and making decisions that we didn't need to make. My leaders on the pitch didn't change us in terms of having the right balance behind the ball. So there's a lot of things we need to look at within the performance and the results. But... Obviously, to, to take nine from nine from Aberdeen's uh, a big effort from the boys. Aberdeen have had too many good chances when we've been 2 0 up. It's as simple as that. So it's not a case of forgetting about that. We need to keep learning and keep looking at the, the areas of the game where we can improve. Uh, I'm looking for a little bit more leadership on the pitch and management on the pitch to keep more bodies behind the ball. We don't need to be gung-ho at 2-0. Uh, we need more control. Uh, so I think our issues come from us not having the right balance behind the ball and, and making silly decisions. Having said that, it's another fantastic win at a real tough place. We've obviously got a goal away, pleased. Tam and Barhead, now, there's not a chance you saw all this coming with, with Celtic problems, but to, to do your side of the business and, and go 22 points yesterday, Tam, um, what did you make of the game? Well, I think we just played well, even before the uh, red card incident. But I think there should have been two red cards in that game. I can't think who it was on Barisic. Curtis Main. Main, it was, aye. That should have been a red card because it was high mm. foot and the studs were shown. Uh, Hugh, would you go along with that? Yeah. Um, at the start of the programme, I said that John Beaton made a mistake there. Uh, for me, it was a red card all day long. Uh, and... You know, yeah, it should have been a red card, but I think in general terms, uh, when Rangers reflect on the performance yesterday and when they review the season in May, when I expect that they will be crowned the champions, uh, I think we'll review this season as the one where Celtic could do nothing right and Rangers could do nothing wrong. 15 successive league wins now for Rangers and uh, you know they, they continue to... Uh, concede very, very few goals, only five so far, six now, six. Um, so th they are, for me, uh, a juggernaut that cannot be stopped between now and May. Yeah, yeah, I feel like, Alex, because of everything that's going on, and it's not deliberate, Celtic have had all the domestic dominance, so you, you, you try and build a case for them, you look at, you know, can they come back, can they claw it back? Rangers to win 15 games in a row is... That's ridiculous consistency at any level Yeah, I think it's uh, 64 points out of uh, 69, Gordon You're absolutely right, 15 games in the bounds You know, Hughes touched on it, 6 goals uh, There was a disappointment uh, within the Rangers camp yesterday at Not getting another clean sheet Because they're priding ourselves on it now uh, and, I, and I just think over the piece I think Stephen Gerrard spoke there as well about you know game management I think that's a very valid point But Celtic have to go some And by Rangers performing in the manner what they're doing, Gordon it's just compounding Celtics uh, It's making it more and more difficult uh, Hugh Keevan said Morelos' opener Was his goal of the, the weekend Tam, what did you make of him? Was he back to his best? Getting back to his best? Well, see as you um, We'll look at the two seasons previous to this one, right? Mm -hmm. He was scoring goals left, right and centre Before New Year yep. So I think this year It's going to be vice versa yeah. I think he's going to go on a, a, 
I think he's going to score, uh, score goals um, now, from now until end of the season. Very, if it finishes with the COVID situation, I'm not sure. Very possibly, Hugh. It could well be that, that Alfredo Morelos really comes to the party for half a season and it might be the second half this time where it's been uh, the first half previously. In the first half of the season, I said it was a good thing for Rangers that the focus was not on Morelos because in the two seasons beforehand under Steven Gerrard, Everything had been about Morelos, uh, about his hunger, his attitude, etc., etc. Now, Rangers have goals from all over the park. James Tavernier, I was astonished when he missed his penalty yesterday. It was a, a sign of human fallibility from someone who has been outstanding all season. Goals all over the park. But Morelos has two goals, not just the first. His two goals were indicative of... Uh, a predatory striker back to his very best form. So we're very interested to see how he does at Motherwell at the weekend because I think that game on Sunday will be very interesting in the wake of Graham Alexander and Motherwell's performance in Paisley on Saturday. A very good game coming up. Hibs are giving this a right good go in the opening stages at Celtic Park. Conor Hazard's just made a good diving save from a volley. Shane Duffy with an important header there, Alex. Yeah, it was crucial, but it's a second wave, Gordon. It was a lovely ball inbound. New to the back post. Duffy has a 2v1 situation, but he manages to divert it away for another corner. But Nesbitt's just had one over the bar. Mm. Uh, New's just had a shot from distance. Very good start by Hibs In normal times And these are clearly not normal times We would have debated Aberdeen against Rangers And the sendings off And the penalty And the not sending off For a, for a long yeah. long time Now we're going to have to do it In about 90 seconds The sending off of Ryan Hedges oh. Hugh Keevens Your thoughts yeah. When I saw it at first Gordon I thought It's a bit harsh um, But I, And I, I have to say I'm not sure about uh, Stephen Gerrard's explanation that he cleaned out Morelos um, but I think it was a penalty yeah, it's just uh, is that a red card though? no mm, I why, don't think. why not? I, I think that, you know that there's a the legs are all tangled up there and so forth but I, I'm not sure that he was deliberately denying ah, the goal scoring opportunity see that that's the problem and I get that Alex because as a as just a, wait, 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 a, sorry, a, I'm, a, I'm a bit perplexed there. What is the the tangling up? No, but He's hold on, clearly... no, let, forget that for a second because we're running out of time. As a as a sort of a viewer, if you like, just watching football and trying to enjoy it, it kind of seems harsh on Ryan Hedges, right? I yep. think we would all accept that. But Hughes fall, fallen into that sort of trap about you know he didn't mean to trip him up. It's irrelevant. There is no requirement for intent. I'll read the rule. Where a player commits an offence against an opponent within their own penalty area, which denies an obvious goal scoring opportunity. Um, and the ref awards a penalty The offender is cautioned If the offence Was an attempt to play the ball In all other circumstances The offending player Must be sent off So the referee's got two questions To ask himself Absolutely Did it deny a goal scoring opportunity? This is yes Was there an obvious attempt To play the ball? No And therefore it has to be a red With the caveat That I think we all feel sorry Absolutely. For Ryan Hedges Don't we? Yeah, to to an extent like, Because he's tried to God get out of the way God So we feel sorry for him Absolutely but he, there's, there's no two ways about it He tries to check his run But it's a guy who's in a position That he shouldn't have been in He was playing right wing back he, His position was all wrong And he's trying to recover mm. Hence the reason why He has to check his run He doesn't see the danger early enough And he's in the wrong position So for me that was easy enough And going back to the main one Excessive force And endangering an opponent For me that was a red card also It's the kind of thing That if I was in charge of the rules I probably wouldn't have sent Ryan Hedges off But I'm not And that that's just the way it is Alex And 
you know, even Derek McInnes himself didn't he admitted that he was but angry at the but time. Explained it. But when John Beaton explained it, he said, "Yeah, there's nowhere I can go." Long shot from David Turnbull pulls off a good save from the Hibs goalie. Yeah, uh, pretty routine. But you you expect Turnbull to pull the trigger from that distance, going about 25 yards out, trying to aim for that far post, cutting across the ball. Fair enough save by Macy in the Hibs goal Okay, a couple more to get on this teaser then We're looking for Scots who have played in La Liga post-war Jordan Hallsgrove uh, became the sixth the other night um, So you're looking for the other five uh, You've got Ollie Burke, Stevie Archibald, Ted McMinn What about uh, Alan Hutton? Yes, no, Real wanna, Mallorca What about, uh, Hugh, this is going back to post-war stuff Because that's when the uh, question is So this is over to you, my friend because <laughs> you fought Because you fought in the war <laughs> During the war uh, So if I'm just trying to think If it was a goalkeeper Or something oh, you A goalkeeper a Spanish, you know what, Listen yeah, you won't You won't get this Like let, let, let's just Let's end it here You won't get it Milo got it on Twitter Milo if you got this Without Google, Google I'm, I'm amazed That's the four I wanted you to get Burke Hutton Archibald And McMinn The right. your, your, your lesson for today Is that Real Madrid Once had a guy called John Fox Watson Ring any bells, Hugh? <laughs> oh, we'll leave it there. All right. Thank you, Hugh Keevens. His size says it all, didn't it? Thank you, Hugh Keevens and Alex Ray. Um, no matter what happens at Celtic Park tonight, you bet there will be a big fallout tomorrow. So make sure you join us at six o'clock. We'll go over all the big talking points. It is still goalless. Thanks for your company tonight. We'll speak to you tomorrow. And Callum Gallagher is up next. <laughs>